Welcome to another vital message from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the Word. I want you to open up your Bibles tonight. We're going to be going tonight to a passage in the book of Acts. And uh, in, in Acts, uh, let's see, Acts chapter 16 is where we're going to be going this evening. Acts chapter 16. I love electronics. They help us so much. <laughs> Do you know you don't need any more Jesus? You don't need any, any greater amount of the Holy Spirit. You don't need, uh, you know, uh, more of Jesus to minister to more people. You can minister to one person or to a million or a billion people with the same amount of Jesus. But what you need is more stuff. You got to have, you know, a microphone. You need, a, you know, you need some way to actually get that word out to all those people. And so thank God for stuff. Thank God God has given us stuff that in these last days we can minister to people from this spot literally all over the world. And, and uh, thank all of you that are watching and joining with us today. Some of you from, uh, from your homes. Some of you work. Uh, some of you are, you know, uh, watching, uh, you know, uh, in, in countries beyond the United States. And that's because of the goodness of God. He knew what these days would bring. And he knew that, that our whisper would be heard around the world. And here we are bringing the word of God through such marvelous, marvelous opportunities of technology. God knew what he was doing. Uh, and he knew when he wrote in the word that we were going to one day, you know, all the world would see what he was doing at one time. And here we are in that place, prophetic fulfillment. How in the world, you know, God sees the end from the beginning. How in the world could we ever imagine that the whole world would see what God was doing in one place at one time? Just amazing. Amen. Well, have you found Acts chapter 16 yet? Acts chapter 16. You know, uh, tonight we're going to be talking about your part. My original title uh, for this message was uh, Parts is Parts, but it didn't make it through the process. So uh, uh, we, we changed it to your part. Your part instead of parts is part, you know, uh, parts is parts. They thought it might be a little bit, you know, McDonald chicken nuggety. And, uh, <laughs> but at any rate, tonight we're going to talk about your part. Not too long ago, just a few months ago, uh, several of you, 30 of us, went together to Turkey. And Turkey, uh, many people don't realize that Turkey is such a Bible-rich environment, such a Bible-rich country. And in fact, uh, two-thirds of the New Testament was either written by someone who was in Turkey when they wrote that book of the Bible, or else it was written to people who are in Turkey. In fact, all seven of the churches in the book of Revelation, as Jesus is writing this book of Revelation and he mentions these seven churches, all seven of those are in the, the, the nation of Turkey, in the country of Turkey today, uh, back uh, in, in, in the New Testament time in the, in, in the area of Asia Minor. 
And it's on the Asian continent. You know, uh, Turkey today uh, stands on two continents. Interesting, on the European continent and on the Asian continent. Uh, Istanbul is that city that divides those two continents. It's, it's just amazing. Uh, and tonight we're going to talk a little bit about uh, going from one of those continents to the other. That's what the Apostle Paul did in Acts chapter 16. In Acts chapter 16, the Apostle Paul had been ministering in his home nation. And, uh, you know, basically, whenever he got born again and filled with the Holy Spirit, he became a missionary. That's, that's you know, in, in, in today's term. And the church in Antioch, which at that point was in Syria, uh, but the church in Antioch is now in Turkey, by the way. Uh, and uh, he was sent by that church back to his home nation. And he began to evangelize all that area of his home nation, literally all through the regions of Galatia and through Fergia and through, uh, you know, uh, Pamphylia and Bithynia and uh, all those regions, uh, Cappadocia, all the regions that you read in the New Testament and Acts uh, up to this point have been areas that the Apostle Paul has been reaching out to in what was his home nation and his home people. He understood these people uh, and, and he reached out. And every city that he would go to, he would generally go to a congregation of Jews first. Why? Because they were his best opportunity for him to take the word of God. And the only word that he had was the Old Testament, you know. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, the prophets, the Psalms, you know, uh, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel. These were the books of the Bible that he had, that he had learned, that he had committed to, 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 to his life. And, and he would take these writings that, that the Jews believed were, what was the word of God given to them. And so he would go to what might be considered a soft market, which was often a hard market, but the soft market because they knew the word of God because they understood what he was going to say and what he was going to do is tell them that what the prophets had been saying that God was going to send a Messiah that that had actually happened and the Messiah's name was Jesus of Nazareth who had come as a Messiah a suffering Messiah had been crucified and had become that sacrificial Passover lamb for the sins that you know that that they had in their life. So, so he would go there first and try to explain that to them because they understood. They were already looking for Messiah and they understood the word that he was going to preach. He took the Old Testament and he, 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 he brought the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ from that. And then later on, he would often write them a letter uh, back to them, like the book of Galatians or the book of Colossians, or, you know, uh, and, and he would explain to them further. And we have these collected books as the New Testament inspired word of Almighty God. But that's what the Apostle Paul did. He just went from place to place teaching the word of God, and he would go to the Jews first because that's what he even said in the book of, of, of Romans, the first chapter, in verse. 16 he said to them I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation to the Jews first and then also to everybody else and so 
we cannot escape the fact that the Apostle Paul, even though he was a, uh, an apostle to the Gentiles, even though he reached the Gentiles with the Word of God, we cannot escape the fact that he nonetheless, when he went somewhere, he sought out a group of Jews so that he could have, you know, uh, hopefully some, uh, some rapport with them. And he felt as though that he owed them that because Christ came through the Jews for the Jews first and also for the Gentiles. So here we find the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 16. He has preached the Word of God all throughout Asia. And now he's wondering, where should I go next? And so he said, okay, listen, what we're going to do, Silas, and some other people were with him, what we're going to do, guys, is we're going to you know, go back behind us. He was on the far a western shore of Turkey in a city called Troas. He said, uh, and, 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 and he's looking across. If you, if you were to be standing at Troas, in fact, just a few months ago, we baptized some people right there where the Apostle Paul was, was, was standing, right there where he actually got on the ship to make this journey we're going to talk about. And, uh, you know, uh, we went out in, I mean, there, there are some old piers that are stretching up, you know, still out, out of the ocean there at Troas. Uh, and we went out right among, I mean, right out there in the middle of, 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 of where he would have gotten on the ship, and we baptized people. What, what, what an amazing adventure. Um, but as he's standing there, he said, okay, guys, let's go back behind us and let's go back through Asia. Uh, but, but the Holy Spirit just told him, no, no, I don't want you going there. So he just didn't feel like, you know, that he had God's blessing on that. And so he said, well, I tell you what, we're going to go into Bithynia which is still back behind him on the other side of Istanbul. You know, it was about, you know, uh, oh, you know, about a uh, a nine or ten day walk to get to the region of Bithynia and we're going to go through Bithynia up by the Black Sea and around through that area uh, and but you know no the spirit of God the Holy Spirit said no you can't go there so not really knowing what he was to do but knowing he was supposed to do something as he slept that night he saw in a vision he saw a man in Europe in Greece saying come over and help us and so he, uh, you know, he realized that God was sending him to the European continent, sending him to Greece. And so what he did, he said, okay, guys, come on. They got up the next day and they got on a little boat and they sailed across that little bit of water and they stopped at an island called Samothrace. And the next day they got up and got on the boat and just went just a short place to a town called Neapolis. Uh, which means new, and they walked, it, 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 it was a port city from this new city, and they walked just down just a little ways, I'll, 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 I'll take those 82 of you there to Neapolis, and, and then we'll, we'll go, we're, we're, we're going to do the steps of Paul, we're going to go next right where he went, right down to the little city of Philippi, which was one of the premier cities, one of the foremost important cities of that whole region, okay? And so it's at Philippi that we find the Apostle Paul and the group of people that is following him. And as we pick up in Acts chapter 16, they are there. They've got to Philippi, and they've been there just a few days. Maybe, maybe they got there, you know, I don't know. Let's just imagine they got there on a Tuesday or Wednesday. And they had been in the town maybe Thursday and Friday. So along comes Saturday. 
Okay? Saturday is the Sabbath for the Jews. So let's read in Acts chapter 16 in verse 11. Therefore, sailing from Troas, we ran a straight course to Samothrace, and the next day came to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is the foremost city of that part of Macedonia, a colony. And we were staying in that city for some days. Verse 13. And on the Sabbath day, on a Saturday, they got up that day and they went out of the city to the riverside where prayer was customarily made. And we sat down and spoke to the women who met there. Verse 14, now a certain woman named Lydia heard us. She was a seller of purple from the city of Thyatira who worshipped God. The Lord opened her heart to heed the things spoken by Paul. And when she and her household were baptized, she begged us saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. So she persuaded us. Boy, that interesting. You know, the Lord opened her heart to heed the things spoken by Paul. What an amazing, miraculous event happens in the lives of men and women when the Lord opens their heart to hear what he wants them to hear. There are three great truths of the gospel. We won't develop these tonight, but one of them comes from John 14, 6, that says that no one comes to the Father except through Jesus. Okay? There is no other name under heaven whereby men must be saved, save the name of Jesus. Nobody comes to God except through Jesus, John 14, 6. And uh, also the Bible tells us in John 6, 44, that no one comes to Jesus unless the Holy Spirit draws them. The Holy Spirit prepares and draws people. You know, you can't come to God unless you come through Jesus. But you can't even come to Jesus unless God prepares your heart, draws you, opens up your heart, and, and, and has you ready to say yes to Jesus. Even the faith that we have is a gift of God. Even the faith that we have is a seed that God gives us that we can say yes or no to. But, but nobody comes to God except through Jesus, and nobody comes to Jesus except the Spirit of God draws him. But also Romans, the 10th chapter and the 4th verse, gives us also a, 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 another facet of this gospel. And it's simply says, how shall anyone even know about Jesus unless somebody tells them? You know, this doesn't just happen through osmosis. The Holy Spirit left us this account in Acts chapter 16 on purpose. Everything written in the Word of God is inspired by God. We believe at Church on the Rock in the inerrancy of the Scriptures in its original intent, and we believe that Scripture is interpreted by Scripture. We believe the Word of God to be true and correct, and we believe it to mean what it meant whenever God said it to the people that He said it to in their place where they are, and we do believe that God manifests Himself by His Holy Spirit to enlighten the Logos Word, the general 
general word of God in our lives and make it rhema to us and make it a personal word to us. He can do that when and if he chooses. We can't just necessarily go through the scripture cherry picking, you know, verses that we're going to end up, you know, trying to handcuff God to. But we do believe that God has given his word to us and he opens up our heart to hear what he's saying to us. And when that word becomes rhema to us, it, is, it, it, it falls under the umbrella and the power of the promise of God in our lives. Just like God did here with Lydia and opening up her heart to hear what he was saying, all of a sudden the word became personal to her. All of a sudden it became, you know, her chance to get born again. All of a sudden what Paul was saying was not just teaching about what God had done through Moses or about what God had done through Joshua or about what God had done with with Isaiah or Elijah. All of a sudden it became what God will do through me. And that's how it has to become for us. You know, I have nothing really to tell you but, but, but something that happened a long time ago. The only hope that God has for any person The only thing that can be done whatsoever is for God to take the testimony of what he did in the life of Joshua, what he did in the life of Joseph, what he did in the life of David, what he did in the life of Peter, what he did in the life of Paul, what he did in the life of Mary, what he did in the life of Rahab, what he did in in, in the life of Joseph, and uh, all of a sudden, When we are sharing or preaching that word, it becomes rhema to you. And you believe that because the jailer in Acts 16 got born again, that you can get born again too. All of a sudden you believe that because someone else was forgiven, you can be forgiven too. All of a sudden you realize that that the word of God becomes personal to me. And I can receive salvation. I can receive forgiveness. I can receive hope. And that's what the Apostle Paul was doing. It's a marvelous thing when God opens up a person's heart and they see the word of Almighty God as a personal word to them. It changes lives. It changes eternities. And that's what God is doing as he is inspiring the writers of the books From Genesis to Revelation, God is inspiring them to write his account, his history, to write the living word of Almighty God that's filled with power and anointing so that in a time to come, when it is read, when it is heard, when it is spoken, when it is is, is, is finally found, that he can inspire it and make it a power in your life. That's the power of God. The Holy Spirit left us this account on purpose so that we might see the elements and the actions that it takes to accomplish the gospel and the Great Commission. God has a part to play. You remember, he draws us. He opens our heart. The apostle Paul had a part to play. He was the one preaching the gospel. He was the one that went there and preached. You know, there were a lot of people that knew the word, but the apostle Paul was the one that went to Philippi, and there he preached. You know, he got up on a Saturday morning 
You know, most people on Saturday morning, especially if all of a sudden your church day became Sunday, my goodness, now I have two church days. I got to get up on Saturday too and on Sunday. Yes, he got up and he went out there. He did it. He had a part to play and to speak the word of God. Lydia had a part to play. Think about Lydia's part to play. Think about this woman. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Lydia. Lydia, she is an amazing woman. She's a businesswoman. You know, she's not a Jew, by the way. She's a Gentile. She had a part to play. Her household had a part to play. Did you read where she and her household were baptized? You know, her children, if she had any, or her servants, or, you know, whoever it was in her household, they had a part to play in this. But so also did so many nameless, faceless people who impacted Lydia's life along the way. Just like Cornelius, if you don't know the story of Cornelius, let me encourage you to read on through the book of Acts. Uh, You'll find in chapter 10, there's a story about a man who was a Roman centurion. And yet this man, living among the Jews, saw their piety and saw them worshiping, saw them praying, saw how they served God, saw their commitment to God, and it so impressed him and so impacted his life, and he saw the results of them being blessed by the God that they worship, and he saw them being hospitable, kind people, so that he also himself adopted the Jewish ways, and began to pray and began to seek God. And while he was praying, he was well known for also giving alms to the poor. An angel showed up to him because he was a Gentile. He wasn't going to church anywhere, and an angel was so impressed. God was so impressed that God sent an angel to him so that he could end up being born again. Everybody has a part to play. And just like Cornelius, uh, whose salvation uh, uh, you know, um, was something that he had a part to play in, that God had a part to play in, that Peter had a part to play in, you know, that other, a lot of other people that are nameless and faceless that had impacted Cornelius in his life and gotten him to choose to be a man of prayer, to choose to be a man that was giving, to choose to be a man that, that was honorable. He, he made that choice. The Bible makes it plain that Cornelius made that choice himself, and he impressed God. Same thing with Lydia. Lydia made that choice herself, she and her household. God made a way for her and her household, just like the jailer, just like Cornelius. Cornelius and his whole household were saved. The jailer and his whole household were saved. You know, Lydia and her household, they were saved. Isn't that interesting? I find that to be so interesting. God made a way for her and her household to hear the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ and to be saved. Uh, Let's review here for just a moment. All right, Uh, uh, Acts 16, verse 13, and on the Sabbath day, okay? Here we are. It's on a Saturday on a Sabbath day. When, when, When it's a business day for many people, for the Jews, it's a day of worship. But for many people, it's a business day, okay? So she could have been out making money. It says that we went out of the city to the riverside where prayer was customarily made. You know, here the Apostle Paul, you know, uh, had a part to play, and he got up and went out. But also these other people had a part to play. Evidently, they gathered by the riverside every Sabbath, and there they prayed. They were out there praying together. It was something that people could come out and join, as did Lydia. And we sat down and spoke to the women who met there. Here the Apostle Paul 
is going out of his way to sit down and talk to a group of women, and the group of women are going out of their way to sit down and listen to this man who evidently is a teacher of the Word of God, and they're expecting to hear something from him because most likely they had heard that he had traveled all throughout the region, and, and maybe they'd even heard of him. And so here they were with their part to play, giving their time. Verse number 14, and a certain woman named Lydia heard us. As I said, Lydia was not a Jew. She was a Gentile. She was a Gentile businesswoman. She was a wealthy Gentile businesswoman. Okay. She was from Thyatira. She was from a city back in Turkey. One of the seven churches is in Thyatira. She was from that. Some of you went with me to Thyatira. She was from there. And they were known for their purple dye and their purple cloth. And so most likely she was in the import, export business probably, the import business and selling that she was a seller of purple. And so here, you know, uh, here she lives in a foreign country. She's a businesswoman and she's a Gentile. But yet we see her on the Sabbath day. She has set aside the Sabbath to pray and worship and listen to the Word of God and gather with a bunch of other women who are praying and worshiping and listening to the Word of God. I mean, why? Well, something had impacted her life, no doubt. She was a seller of purple from the city of Thyatira who worshiped God. She worshiped Jehovah. Why? I mean, come on now, get... Get this into your head. This woman did not know her name was going to be in the Bible. This woman, you know, did not imagine that she would be remembered. This, this, I mean, there's nothing there connected to, oh, my goodness, if, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be special. I'm going to be important. Not at all. She is just an ordinary person going through an ordinary day. No doubt she has business obligations. No doubt she could have been making money. No, I mean, here she is worshiping the God of the Jews with a bunch of Jewish ladies out by the riverside on a Saturday morning and sitting and listening, worshiping and, 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 and you know, and the Lord opened her heart. Of course he did. I mean, when you seek the Lord that much, of course he opened her heart. To heed the things spoken by Paul. And when she and her household were baptized, evidently she also took her kids to church. Evidently, she also encouraged her servants, whoever worked for her, influenced whoever, just like Cornelius. Just like, uh, just like the jailer later in Acts 16, evidently everybody they could influence, just like George Washington. George Washington, you know, when he, uh, before he became president, his first standing orders as, 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 uh, as the new commander-in-chief of the armies was to write to them a general order that, that men who were not actually engaged in other duties on the Lord's day that they would be found in the house of the Lord. Do you know that that was a general order to every person in the army of our continental army that they would in beat? Boys, listen, this is my command, okay? Uh, this is an order, a general order. Go to church and pray. Pray that God might intervene in this great attempt we are engaged in. Pray for our success. Pray for the success of our nation. Oh, I would love to see General Milley stand up and say, this is a direct order. You know, I probably 
mechanism, and probably not even in lawful order today, but, uh, but, but nonetheless, I order you. I don't know if it wasn't that day or not. You, I, I order you, every one of you in the military, if you're not on duty, you be up on Sunday morning and you get to church and you pray that God would intervene in the mess that we're having here. All right. She and her household were baptized. She begged us. Listen, this, this woman... She didn't just ask them. She begged them. She you know, implored them, beseeched them, saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. <laughs> and she just kept on until they said yes. So she persuaded us. Well, let me tell you uh, tonight where we are. You see, the Holy Spirit wrote this to us hoping that we would understand that he could inspire us to realize and to understand that we have a part in what he is doing. Perhaps you imagine yourself in this story. You know, put yourself in the story. When you read the Bible, put yourself in the story. Who are you in this story? Who are you in this story? Okay. Uh, are you, um, are, well, you're not God who opens up the heart. Okay. Let's X that one off. But are you the Apostle Paul in this story? Are you somebody, you know, and, and you can be anybody you want to be, okay? But hopefully you can identify yourself and your part because you have a part. You might be the Apostle Paul in some instances going somewhere and going there on purpose so that you can witness to somebody about the gospel of Jesus Christ. You might be someone who actually goes on a mission trip. You might be actually someone who says yes, and you go somewhere knowing that the reason that you are going is you are going over there to help them to understand the gospel of Jesus Christ, that you're bringing salvation somewhere. Maybe you're that person. You know? Perhaps you are Lydia in this situation. Maybe you are someone who needs to influence your household and those that you can to get themselves into a place where they can hear the Word of God and worship and be exposed to the things she was exposed to. You see, she wasn't born again. She wasn't you know, praying and worshiping and going to you know, that, I'll call it church. She wasn't going to church saved. She was going to church lost and seeking. Her household might not even been seeking. They might just be going to church to please mama. Might have just been going to church, you know, because that's what the boss wanted them to do. Because that's what their friend asked them to do. You might be a Lydia that you can influence somebody just, you know, to go with you to church. You may even not, not, not even know what you need from church. You may not even be coming with any purpose in mind, knowing that, that, that any day is ever going to be a special day. She didn't know that that day was going to be a special day. I don't know how many times she had been out there on a Saturday. I don't know how many months, weeks, years that she'd been doing this very thing and hadn't really probably seen much from it. But here she is again, drawn and compelled again to go there and to take her household with her, and she goes out by the riverside. You might be that Lydia. And God might just open up your heart at some moment while you're in church listening to somebody preach, worshiping, praying, you know, singing songs. God might just open up your heart and drop in your heart a word from heaven that would save you and your household. 
He might just open up the hearts of your household, of your children, of your family, of your friends, of your servants, of your employees. He might just open up their heart if you bring them into the place where they could hear the Word of God and see people worshiping and and see people, you know, uh, uh, lifting up the name. Maybe, maybe you could be Lydia. Maybe you could be one of the women that was in that group. That you may be a Christian. Most likely, these other ladies were probably Jews. They were probably, you know, wives, daughters, you know, or, 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 or other, other uh, you know, most likely they were doing it uh, uh, there, and Lydia joined them. She, she probably did not start this group. She was probably just went to it. Somebody probably had to start it. And maybe they had no idea what God was going to do one day with them just being faithful, with them just continuing to meet, continuing to share the Word of God, continuing to pray, continuing to worship. Maybe you could be one of those, you know, uh, uh, people that just provides a church, never knowing who God might bring here one day and open up their hearts and they hear the Word of God and they do something marvelous and amazing and and absolutely changes their life and their whole house. You know, you, you may never know. Just being a part of something, just keeping something going, just keeping the fire lit, just keeping the church doors open, just keeping, you know, uh, the Bible studies going, just keeping the Sunday school real, just keeping the Sunday circles, you know, uh, full of, just just doing your part. That could be, you could be doing that for years and all of a sudden see something that happens and boom, changes the life, changes the household, changes in eternity just because you're faithful. Maybe you have a reason to be here. Maybe the people, other people that are coming as visitors have no real reason. They don't even know why. Or perhaps in this particular equation, you could be one of the nameless and faceless people. I don't know who it was. I have no idea who it was in Lydia's life or in the life of Cornelius. I have no idea who it was in their life that they watched in life. Who was it that they looked at every day, passed by, worked with, went to school with, you know, was a client of, a customer of. Who was it that so impressed Lydia to make her want to convert to Judaism and become like them? Who was it that made Cornelius value prayer and giving to the poor? Who did he see? We don't know, but we know it was someone. We know it was someone that God used, their everyday witness. While they were at work, while they were at school, while they were, you know, busy about town, when they went into the stores where they bought things, who was it came into her store, came into her uh, marketplace and bought the purple cloth from her? Who was it that kept going back there and interacting with her that she was so impressed with? that she said, I want to be like them. I want to be someone. I can see the value of praying, worshiping. I can see the value of of influencing my household to follow the ways of God. We don't know. Who are you going to be in this story tomorrow? Who will you be?
Well, if you don't have anyone else in mind that can help you to know what your part is, I pray that your part is at least to be a good witness to those that you encounter tomorrow. That you'll put a smile on your face and joy in your heart and you won't be like all the rest of the world and complainers and people. Uh, that you would at least be a good witness for Jesus Christ so that others might see Christ in you. Let your light so shine before men that others might see that light and glorify, bring glory to God through Christ Jesus. I want to be that light. You know, I'll be happy to be a missionary, be happy to encourage people to come to church, be happy to preach and teach the Word of God. But I think the real value is sometimes missed in the light that we are every day to the people that we encounter day in and day out. Does anybody else in your world want to be like you? If not, why not? Thanks again for joining us for another relevant word from Pastor Ron Hammonds. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.